Welcome to Allocation Disorder. We are back after a couple of week hiatus, you know, quarantine. It, it got us. I won't lie. It got us. Uh, but we are back and I think we have a fun episode in store for you today. I am Sam Stayskull, joined as always by Paul Tenorio. And this time for a special edition of the show, uh, our athletic colleague, Matt Pence. Guys, how's it going? Going well, guest of honor. Yeah, happy to be go, back. Well, and Let's and, slow down, Matt. Okay. Yeah. Well, we decide if you're a guest of honor or not. <laughs> I got to come in confidently, Sam. It's fine. <laughs> Paul, Paul, I cut you off again. How's it going? No, it's good to be back. And I think it's good to be back with an episode that should be a lot of fun and uh, a chance for me to not defend the indefensible, but rather to embrace uh, the mistake. Embrace and the suck. Exactly. Embrace the suck. So that's what I'm most excited about with this episode. I, I really love how low you are on yourself and your own abilities right now, Paul. It, it's, it's giving me heart in the context of this exercise, just to be clear. I'm not that much of a jerk, listeners. Um, but what this what is this exercise, you're wondering? Well, it's, it's a little bit of a fun thing that we did for a story that should be running on Friday on The Athletic, maybe on Monday, but probably on Friday. Um, where Matt had an idea for the three of us to draft U.S. national teams, essentially. So the exercise was from 2002 World Cup on pick a team of players um, that you think would do well and do it draft style. So once a player comes off the board, no one else can pick him. So we did a snake draft. Paul had the first pick. Matt had the second pick. I had the third pick. Um, and then, you know, going in reverse in the second round. So I had the fourth, Matt fifth, Paul sixth. Um, and we each drafted a team of American players. Um, the assumption was that you get them at their peak. Um, and we were including both club and national team form. Um, so those are important things to keep in mind. And then uh, kind of as an added bonus for this article, we got a, uh, we got a special guest to come in and judge our teams um, in a way that only he could. Um, and that was Bruce Arena. So you can check out that, that article um, on The Athletic. Um, when it when it goes live, um, if it's not already live by the time you're listening to this, um, and hopefully you enjoy it. But we're going to talk about our draft and our teams and kind of armchair quarterback it a little bit in terms of what we liked and what we didn't like and what we might have done differently and all that stuff. Um, that's what we're going to do on the show today. Um, so, Paul, I think you can take us in because you had the first pick. So, so why don't you take us away here? Yeah, and also just to clarify one thing because I think it's an important note um, – that we need to talk about, which is that it's the peak form from 2002 forward, which is important right. when we're judging the team. That is because important. there are some players uh, who are on the back end of their career that were, were drafted. So, um, yeah. So I felt a lot of pressure going into this draft. Um, I didn't want the first overall pick. I basically was forced to take the first overall pick. I lost a coin toss with Sam. And once I lost that coin toss, I basically built an entire plan around this draft of taking Landon Donovan number one. Very thorough. It was very, it was, thorough. It was very thorough. I had I an Excel sheet. Paul before yeah. the draft to try and get intel for what he might do so I could do my plan a little more, a little more efficiently. And I thought I had to read for it. Well, I, did, I gave you my plan. That, I, I gave you my Paul entire went plan. against his plan. <laughs> and I had it spelled out. I had the positions. I had the formation. I knew it. You know, where I was going to be picking that I kind of had an idea of who was going to go, you know, two, three, four, five, if I pick when I picked Landon number one. And, you know, I felt like, man, I'm stuck in this place of trying to settle a debate of Landon or Clint Dempsey. And you know, the reason I was going to pick Landon is I felt he was more versatile. It's easier to build a team around him. You're not you don't get you know stuck into certain formations, whereas Dempsey is a little bit less versatile and um, and a little bit tougher to pair strikers with. And then the draft started, and like, I don't know, 45 seconds before we started this mock draft that is based purely on players' abilities and reputations. We'll never see a field because it's a fake draft. My wife was like, "Oh no, you 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 need to take Clint Dempsey. Like this is this, what are you wow, talking dude. about? Are you are you really blaming this on I'm your blaming, wife? I'm blaming I'm blaming I told her today that I'm blaming her and she shrugged her shoulders and goes, "You shouldn't have listened to me." So, I mean, yeah, okay. I mean Paul, own your Paul. mistake, Paul. I mean, I feel like a lot of yeah. listeners have probably been in fantasy drafts before. Um, and I'm sure at some point you just panic. Like you just sort of Oh, it was definitely panic. Paul, panic. you panicked. I mean, I like, panicked. 
I I had the whole thing written out in Slack, taking Landon, and then I deleted it, and I took Clint Dempsey number one overall. So all of that being said, it set the tone for the draft right off the bat because, one, it surprised me, who took Clint Dempsey. Two, it surprised (laughs) Sam, who was expecting me to take Landon and had built his plan. And yet one of us was able to adjust on the fly. And and the, the third person that it... Didn't really surprise. It didn't really matter. But the one who would then pull out the next surprise was Matt Pence, who was picking second. And Matt picked Christian, Christian Pulisic, which was <laughs> total upset. You know, I, I even though I screwed up my own draft plan, I had not anticipated anyone but Dempsey, Donovan, Donovan, Dempsey, one, two, and then Christian falling to number three. But Pence ha- had had no interest in taking Landon Donovan when Donovan fell into his lap. I was going to ask you guys, we didn't get too into this in our actual draft, but how justifiable of an argument do you think that I can make with Christian? Because I think that at his peak, because we aren't necessarily drafting off of potential and what we imagine he's going to be, but I still would argue that his peak at Dortmund in the Champions League, that sort of stretch where he was playing about as well as anybody, I think you can argue taking him over Landon in this situation, but... I wanted to get your guys' take on that um, as we're breaking it down here. I actually didn't really have much of a problem with it for the reasons that that Matt said. Um, yeah, but you I, could you know, also you could argue that Land- Dempsey Landon had, had a much Landon had a much longer peak, right? So it's like kind of, but that's like a weird part of this exercise, right? As we'll get into later with some of the other players that got taken. Um, I don't know. Um, I I was fine with it. Um, I think one of the things that would have pushed me to Landon and Paul kind of got at this is that he, you can play him on the wing. You can play him as a second forward, right? He didn't really do that so much for the national team, but he did that a lot for the Galaxy to great effect, right? Playing underneath Robbie Keane. Um, so you know you're, you're you have versatility. You can play a couple different ways. Whereas Christian, it's it's pretty much out there on the wing. He can play centrally, of course, but we haven't really seen in terms of his peak centrally. We haven't seen that go that high. Yeah. So obviously, with number three overall, Sam took Landon Donovan. Immediately followed that with the the very clear number four. Pick. Hold on. Can we, can we press pause for a second? Sure. I just want to go back to the fact that that Paul through his own personal. In, in your words, failure. Um, you threw it entirely on on your wife, Nikki. I, I just I just want to go back to that for a second. I didn't and, throw and the is, whole failure. This is no, the whole this is failure. no shade. This is no shade on Nikki, but Paul, like only one of you gets paid to think and write 100%. and talk about soccer. <laughs> oh, you think I haven't thought about that? You think I haven't and, thought and, about like why you just got like? Can you imagine if like a, a major league soccer general manager? was like deciding between like two like five ten million dollar transfer targets and like was set on one and that was probably the better choice and then like some random person that person's spouse or significant other or child or homeless man that they met on the street said like hey why don't you go with the other one i think that's the way to go and and then the guy just completely scrapped his entire plan you would kill that general manager in in print paul and and look at you just i mean except for i didn't take like i took clint dempsey who if we want to talk about their peak Probably had the best peak of any of the three picks. Yeah, but but you already said it. It's harder to build a team around Okay, him. but that's not Nikki's fault, right? What happened after that number one pick is my fault, right? I didn't just veer off the plan of Landon or Clint. What happened, like, and I, I mean, I'll go into it as we approach these picks, but I anticipated who I thought the first five players were going to be. I still had my chance to pick the original plan at 6-7, and I didn't do that either. And that is really, truly where the collapse of this team began, right? Like, okay, I, so let's, so let's hit pause again. Let's, let's, go to, let's go to pick number five. I picked Reyna at four, Landon at three, Reyna at four. And Matt was – that was Beasley at five? Yeah, yeah. So Matt took DeMarcus DMV Beasley at, at five. five, which was a clear pick. So then at six, seven, I'm sitting here. And I, under- d- I disagree with that too, by the way. Beasley is a great, no doubt. But if you're going to play – you're, unless you're going to play him as a winger, which his peak was pretty high there – but if you're going to you can't you can't pick a left back that high but hey that's just me so so DeMarcus goes 5 and I, that, that's what i anticipated so when sam had called me the day before the draft my 6 7 was set you know i had landon on the wing i was going to go with mcbride as my center forward and john o'brien underneath that if i had stuck with that plan and picked mcbride and o'brien 
I would love my team way more than I love my team. <laughs> Instead, I picked Eddie Pope and Michael Bradley, both of whom I think you can argue are top 10 national teamers all time. There's an argument there, certainly for Eddie Pope. Certainly for Eddie Pope. He's the best American center back of all time. But when we, in this exercise, when you're sitting there looking at a team, nobody cares if you have a good back line. Nobody cares if you're solid defensively. There's no attacking prowess on my team other than Dempsey. And this is where, and a- after I make these two picks, um, Pence takes Kobe Jones, which is a laughable choice. It's well, this is why then, in the intro, you guys will choice. notice that We're not they even going to dwell on it, Pence. I'm sorry. It's a laughable <laughs> yeah. no, choice. No, no, let him explain himself. Yeah. Let him explain himself. I'm just himself. saying that there is a reason why in the intro segment that both of you reiterated like three times that we're picking for the peak. So everyone keep that in mind because that is why I'm getting roundly killed here. And, I mean, I'll own it. Maybe it was too high. I think that this is where my own weakness as a American soccer observer came in a little bit because I watched every national team from 2006 on very closely. 2002 was a little bit of a blind spot. I've seen the highlights and whatever, and I've seen Kobe's peak, the highlights. But factoring into how he played on a game-to-game basis, maybe I... Maybe I overrated what he was like in that particular moment. So that's on me, but I think I rebounded pretty well from here, and I still like what he adds to my team. Right. Well, th- this is where it all falls apart. It's, it's Kobe, I'm like thanking <laughs> the heavens because at this point, I, now I'm like, oh, I'm because, good. Because I'm, Paul probably would have picked Kobe Jones I'm like, next I am going to get so rattled at this I, point. I'm going to have a chance to get the attacking talent I need. He took Kobe. This guy was like... 40th on my big board. I'm. I, there's still players out there. I'm going to get Josie because McBride's coming off, but Pence isn't going to think about Josie yet because he's just... And what happens next? Sam takes Josie Altador. And <laughs> it stunned me. It stunned me. And I was like, oh, no. Because then it's... You know, he took Josie Altador. Then he took another terrible pick, Serginio Dest. Which was just crazy. No, not yet. Yeah, no, no, not yet. no, he no. takes John O'Brien no. to further screw Paul. Oh, sorry, you took John O'Brien. So at this point, I'm like in trouble because now two my two guys that I wanted when it swung back to me are both gone, and I know before I thought McBride and anybody that that Sam would pick, I thought maybe O'Brien would go, and I was like, okay, there's no way that Josie will go this high, and then he took Josie, and I know what's going to happen next, and it swings over to Pence, and Pence takes Brian McBride. And Nails suddenly, suddenly, I'm in big trouble because there's no real attacking central midfielders on the board, and both and both Sam and Pence have the two best strikers on the board. So, and there are only two strikers. They're really. the only like two out, strikers out and out well, center forwards. Correct. And Dempsey, we, Dempsey is the about, best of the three forwards as a forward. But he's not really he's not really your number nine, right? No, like, he couldn't so play that, him as a nine. I needed somebody yeah. to play with him, and so now I didn't have we, anyone. Can we talk for a second though about Altidore versus McBride? Because I think that's an interesting debate. Sure. Go ahead. So I originally was going to go with McBride um, first, you know, and, and I don't think there's much question. He had a better record over in England um, than Josie did. Zero doubt there. Um, Josie didn't really play much center forward in England. He played a lot on the wing, if I'm remembering correctly, out for Sunderland. Um, but Josie is more than capable of scoring plenty of goals in the right situation and for a U.S. national team. He's certainly done all of that, especially when he's healthy. And so I decided to go with him um, because I feel like he can do a little bit more in the actual build-up play than McBride, um, who is more of a pure kind of classic target striker. Um, so that's why I decided to go with him, particularly with already having Landon on my team and planning to play him underneath, you know, I'm a little less worried about, um, maybe having, I don't know. I just, I just wanted that, that build up play and someone Landon could combine with on the ground a little bit more. So that's why I decided to take that. But I am interested in hearing your guys' take on it because I was going back and forth. I think this is where I kind of like the ambiguity of this exercise because I guess it's sort of assumed that we're picking these guys again, as we've said over and over again, at their peak. But what sort are, are we assuming they're just playing each other one-off games, sort of around Robin style? Like, how are we sort of judging these teams against each other? And if you're picking a team to go into some kind of hypothetical World Cup, I mean, the big knock on Josie, the durability is always an issue. So if you're factoring in 
one game and we're only sort of looking at it that way, I think you can make that case. But I just think that McBride was such a reliable, consistent guy who was always going to be there and always show up and always be healthy. So if you're building a team to, I don't know, be at their peak and go into a World Cup-style tournament, um, I think McBride is the choice. But in terms of like a brief one-off one game, I think you can definitely make a case for Josie. Hey folks, this is Taylor from the Total Soccer Show jumping in very quickly. Much more roster construction and trash talking still to come, I promise you. It's Sam, Paul, and Matt. I don't need to promise you. You know it's coming. But before we get to that, I wanted to let you know that this episode of Allocation Disorder is sponsored by Roman. Roman would like you fine folks to know that on average, people in the United States have to wait about 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. That's basically a month. Uh, in the current situation, I think it's probably a little bit longer it's maybe a little bit more uh, difficult to get to the doctor these days. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. And when you're dealing with an issue like, say, erectile dysfunction, you don't really want to have to wait a really long time, and you would like it to be discreet. Again, Roman, have you covered there? They make it convenient to get treatment uh, on your schedule. You just grab your phone or your computer, complete a free online visit. You'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if they decide that it is right for you if the doctor does then they'll send it right to your door so you basically never even have to leave which again is ideal for the modern time uh, no commitments you can cancel any time so if you're struggling with erectile dysfunction go to getroman.com slash tss that's getroman.com slash tss for a free online visit and free two-day shipping one more time getroman.com slash tss for a free online visit and free two-day shipping thank you very much to roman for sponsoring this episode of allocation disorder now back to sam paul and matt yeah, so to review at this point, Sam's team is Landon, Claudio Reyna, John O'Brien, Josie Altidore. Pence has Christian Pulisic, Demarcus Beasley, Kobe Jones, and Brian McBride. And I have Clint Dempsey, Eddie Pope, and Michael Bradley. So what what you're looking at is now we've gotten through the top 11 picks of this draft, and the attacking talent is essentially gone. Like, we will review everything that happens in the remainder of this draft, but I think we should pause there because it's a good chance to note that in the history of our national team, it took 11 picks to eliminate, which, by the way, weren't all attacking players, to essentially eliminate what would be considered uh, attacking talent that could carry a team. And there, there are no more options left on the board. The post-2002 history. Post-2002 history, right? So there's no Tab Ramos, um, which absolutely is killer. There's no Eric Winalda. And um, and th- not having those two players available in this pool really, really hurts um, the attacking talent when we talk about U.S. national team history from 2002. Yeah, but I mean, but Paul's point, I think, is sound. That it's, I mean, we're talking, what, 18 years here, and you can, like, maybe three target forwards if that, not really. Like, the just lack of, I think, sort of central attackers are, like, very galling when you look at the pool and when you really get into something like this. It's it's almost like the U.S. is not good at soccer. <laughs> yeah, so at this I think point, that, that kind of comes out a little bit throughout the course of this. <laughs> yeah, at this point, my decision not to take somebody to pair with Dempsey has, I, I'm now, like, fully committed to the idea of building a really balanced, smart defensive team, which... It's not a winning strategy in a fantasy draft for anyone who do, does this uh, amongst their friends. Also, there, there, I feel like there are a lot of defenders who are pretty level in the pool. Like, there's a lot that that are like relatively the same peak, if you want to go with that. And I so, like, the so. replacement value, the marginal difference I, between like a Carlos Bocanegra and a Jeff Cameron. I right? disagree with that. I think you can talk about Jeff Cameron. There are certain guys, yes, but like. I don't agree with the way you guys rate some of your center backs compared to well, compared to the first two guys I took. You know, this is the other hard part of the, any draft you do, where you don't know who someone's going to take. So I'm just going to run down what happened next, and and then you know, kind of let people realize. You know, I took Carlos Bocanegra, who played at a very high level for a very long time, was a captain of the national team for a long time. You know, to me, those were you know the to me, two of the best center backs. And I had an idea of who I wanted as a third center back, a guy I thought would kind of linger and, and ended up not lingering. Sam Sam ended up taking him. Then I took – then this is where I got desperate. I took Eddie Lewis because I wanted a left wing back. I'm playing a 3-5-2. Two. 
and and um, he, you know, he had a ton of assists, and I thought good. And, and in retrospect, you know, he had 16 assists and 82 caps, played in two world, started in two World Cups, but nobody's looking at Eddie Lewis being like, oh, that's like a great pick, you know. He definitely yeah, would have been there. You could have like waited. You could have waited you know? on him. Yeah. yeah. So Pence takes Trundolo, obvious pick, best right back in national team history. And See, I just want to say at this point, at this point, Matt has a team of a right back and a left back and two wingers and a striker, I believe. Yeah. Um, We're building so, it out from the out. Like I'm going the opposite of what you're supposed to do and building up. Yeah. The spine you got, you got to build the spine. Whereas you got to build the spine of the team. Right. But my, but still I built, I'm building the spine and people like Pence's team more than mine. So clearly it's just, it doesn't really matter. Well, I built the spine and everyone liked my team best, so maybe it does. You had Landon Donovan and he and, and nobody playing looked at your second team. Forward. Nobody playing looked at your forward. team and thought Landon Donovan's playing second forward. I'm sorry to tell you that. No one no one Well I I mean I did. It doesn't matter. No one's looking at him as part of the core the spine of your team. I mean, except for the person that built the team. Okay. Well, congratulations. Right. Let's let's move on. Let's stop letting <laughs> Sam just like victory trot around here. And let's yeah. just keep so Sam takes Sam takes which is the second <laughs> Sam takes the second worst pick of the draft, which is Sergio Dest um, at number fifteen this, overall. This was the portion of the actually draft sorry, where it's I the third to, worst part where of the I draft started to Sam, stunt. Sam Sam one ups himself <laughs> as on on crappy picks. Actually, Sam takes the worst pick in the draft later on. Kobe's the second worst pick. This is the third worst pick, Sergio Dest, and then he takes Oguchi Onyewu. Um, which is like fine, you know. He's a very good center back. Yeah, that's um, fine. He, Pence, he just he just played for AC Milan like yeah, before. Yeah. He, he didn't play for AC Milan. He before he ruined his knee. He signed with AC Milan. He didn't play. Yeah, him, but whatever. I mean, he he fought Zlatan, and you know, he and him. Sergino probably have the same number of games at the senior level for Ajax and AC Milan respectively. So, um, <laughs> Pence then took a kicker. Essentially, he took Tim Howard. Um, which I was anticipating that the yeah. three goalkeepers would go with the last three picks because of, that made the most sense. But Pence was like, nah, dog, I want to take a kicker. Once Matt picked Kobe Jones, I had a feeling that the kicker, the, the goalkeepers would not be the last three picks. Um, <laughs> and the reason that we thought there would be last three is because there are three who are both all three very good in Tim Howard, Casey Keller, and Brad Friedel. And you don't feel terrible about having any of them. Um, you don't feel like super great about having any of them compared to the other two. Um, so, you know, you thought they would hold, but they didn't. Um, I follow up with Fabian Johnson, Tyler Adams. Now, these are two players that I thought are being underrated by people looking at my team. Fabian Johnson was very good at his prime. Very good. And Tyler Adams, if you want to talk about the young players that are taken at their prime, besides Christian Pulisic, Fabian Johnson, I mean, Tyler Adams is the best one. So, yeah, I think this was Paul's strongest sort of one too. I like both of these, those guys these, a lot. I was going to take both of these guys, um, but when, but the interesting thing to. is in the conversations we're having outside of this little trio, those are two guys that are overlooked or talked down upon, and I just find that interesting. Yeah, I mean Fabian Johnson, um, I've always thought is his sort of top level and his level of quality always seemed to stand out among his peers on the national team. Maybe it wasn't consistent, but I just think that he had that sort of extra sheen about him that you don't always see with this group. I always thought he was great for the national he team. He was maybe one one of, if not, I don't want to say he was the best player at the 2014 World Cup, but he was a difference maker. He was one of the only difference makers in the team on that cycle. He played left back, he played right back, he played left wing, he played right wing. It was an easy pick for the team, I thought. But again, I don't think people really love him as a player and kind Paul, of retroactively. Paul, it's it's not back. that people are underrating Johnson or Adams or any of your defenders. It's it's that you just don't have anyone that's gonna score um Clint or pass Dempsey the ball to Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey doesn't need you to pass him the ball. He's he's got the most goals in US national team history. Why is everyone yeah, well, sleeping on no, the goals but, coming? But from he Clint does Dempsey? need someone to pass him the ball. No, he doesn't. He can just he's gonna dribble the, the whole ball. team. He he's gonna dribble the whole the team himself. Right, let's he's, keep he's it moving. Yeah, let's keep it himself. Right. I know. You guys Jermaine are like Jones. siblings when it comes to this. How is, this, how is the special guest the one that's like producing the show? And because yeah, smart. maybe you just need me on all the time. Maybe this is gonna be a thing. It's gonna continue to devolve, Pence. Don't worry. So next, I take Jermaine Jones, which I think speaking of the 2014 World Cup. 
another stand out there. Uh, I like that pick a lot. Now I have my sort of guy in the middle that I can build it around a little bit. He can do a lot of things. Very polarizing, but very talented. I was happy that he landed with there. I I have I thought that was a fine pick personally. Nothing nothing wrong there. Um, you playing you did him as a because number t- everything afterwards. Yeah, there you go. Playing him as a number ten, I I don't know, but hey, you know, I, Jermaine on him, uh, on his own at number twenty, I think that's actually pretty good value. And I think this is also kind of showing another one of my weaknesses in this draft is that I've become way too accustomed to like thinking about building teams in FIFA specifically, where it's like, if they have the general attributes, play them in that role and it's going to be fine. Which I do think that my team would be fine as it came out. But that's probably, I rationalize it a little too much in being able to wedge certain guys into certain spaces that maybe aren't their ideal peaks. Hey, um, and man. so I think that that's a flaw. Jermaine had like eight games in 2016 when he played number 10 for the Colorado Rapids, and uh, it worked really well. So, you know, maybe maybe that's his peak. Maybe that's what we're looking at here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sam, Sam referred to my team as the 2016 Colorado Rapids a lot, and it's depressingly accurate, but it's also depressing how sort of competitive my team ended up being relative to both of yours. When you can just like the, the just like the 2016 Colorado Rapids. I think that's a good like epitaph for them, actually. Uh, depressingly competitive. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's another incident where Sam takes a player that I really rated highly, but thought would, would go further, um, would be around my next pick, which is Jeff Cameron. He took Jeff Cameron and Matt Beasler as his tenor, center backs. I think he feels like he's going to get roasted for, for Beasler. I thought it was a fine choice considering who was left on the board. And I think Jeff Cameron was a really smart pick. He's a very good center back. I had hoped to put him on the outside of my three man back line next to Eddie Pope. Um, and Carlos Bocanegra, and uh, I thought that was one of Sam's best picks. And so this gave me a three-man backline myself of Anyewu, Cameron, and Beasley. Pence took Jay Demerit. He needed to get a center back. It was starting to really thin out. Um, and at this point, uh, it just the, the draft evolves. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna run through the rest of each <laughs> team kind of quickly here because we get into just a whole mess of things to make fun of. So I want to just throw it all out there so we can make fun of it all together. Um, I'm desperate for attacking players. I recognize I'm desperate for attacking players. I take Sasha Kleschen as my number 10, and I take Eddie Johnson as the striker up top, thinking in the back of my mind that I'd be able to come back for uh, a lesser thought-of name, but Sam again screws me over. I take Sasha and Eddie. Uh, Pence takes John Brooks. It swings back over to Sam. He takes Tony, Tony Sana and uh, Santa and Clint Mathis which is the forward I was hoping to pick with my next picks. So I could kind of rotate between which one I wanted. Uh, great pick for Sam. I thought the best striker coming off the bench possible um, or starting in the case of my team, if I had taken him um, potentially, I take Weston McKinney, uh, which was someone I, I think, didn't, I think you met, you missed Matt picking Stuart Holden. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. Matt, Matt picks one Stuart of my Holden. favorite picks in the draft. Uh, I, I come back, I take someone I hadn't even put on my big board at all. Um, and had only jokingly said to Sam the night before that uh, Matt Pence is definitely going to take Weston McKinney at some point in this draft. And then I panicked and took him um, and Graham Zussi. Uh Sam took Chris Armis. I'm oh, sorry, after Graham, Graham Zussi, Matt took Pablo Mastroeni. Sam Who took- better? Too better to be the cornerstone of my 2016 Colorado Rapids <laughs> U.S. men's national team. I somehow didn't even make that connection until right now. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it all fits, man. I'm telling you. Um, Sam then took Chris Armis and Brad Friedel. Uh, I took, uh, who, by the way, you see there, Sam Sam does rate Friedel over Keller because he really wanted to take him early to make sure that he got him there. As a, just a note to everyone. Well, that's paying I mean, it was just it was just a, a question of positional need versus your positional need, and you didn't need to draft any positions of field players that I still needed to draft, but you needed to draft a goalkeeper. So you know, I was just playing the game, man. Um, at this point, uh, Pence takes Charlie Davies. I take Omar Gonzalez to fill out my back line, who another player whose peak is definitely underrated. Um, and then Josh Wolf, 
Sam with the worst pick of the draft, and we'll we'll definitely at the end of this, Sam, <laughs> we'll come back and let you say what you want to say. But at this point, Sam takes Freddie Adu and Kyle Beckerman, which is just one hell. Of, actually, they were I think no, that was Ramondo. I was going to say where they traded for each other with each other. Um, Freddie Adu, which is a ridiculous choice, and Kyle Beckerman. Uh, Pence takes you for- Darlington Nagby. You forgot and, another uh, pick for Matt. Stop slandering oh, Yedlin. Matt. That's yeah, right. Sorry, he takes, he takes Yedlin. Uh, I take Josh. So Wolf I take Edlin and, and Nagby back to back because Nagby. Paul gave me crap for being yeah, a yeah. Seattle-based homer. So I needed to balance it out with a proud Portland Timber, and I actually like both those guys a lot. So it worked. And so here, here are the teams, and I'm going to pull up the graphics that I made of the lineups. And so now we'll 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 get a chance to go one by one. And so what we'll do is um, I'm going to give I'm going to give Sam's team first and let him talk through his ideas. Uh, then I'll give Pence's team, and then finally my team. Um, so Sam's lineup ended up being uh, a three-five-two: Brad Friedel in goal, Matt Beisler, Guccione Yewu, and Jeff Cameron at center back, Serginio Dest and Tony Santa at wing back positions, left and right, respectively. John O'Brien, Claudio Reyna, and Chris Armas in midfield, and Landon Donovan and Josie Altador up top, with Clint Mathis coming off the bench. Uh, Freddie Adu coming off the bench and Kyle Beckerman coming off the bench. So Sam, how do you feel about your team? I feel good about it. You know, I got, I got everything I needed. Um, you know, I think I got the prop, maybe the best strike overall striker in the pool and Brian and Josie Altidore, not Brian McBride. Um, I think I got the best attacker. Even you knew and subconsciously like, that you didn't get the best attacker. And, and Landon Donovan, I got the best attacker. I think we can all agree on that. Um, I think I got, two of the best center midfielders in Claudio Reyna and John O'Brien. Um, I think I have a really strong trio of center backs in Onyewu and Beasler and Cameron. I think I have the best goalkeeper in Friedel. Um, so yeah, I feel great about it. And I feel really great um, that I got to do a little Usain Bolt running the 100-meter dash, turning around and beckoning his opponents to get closer because he's so far ahead of the competition. Um, I got to do that little move and draft Freddie Adu for my bench. So yeah, I feel great about it. Um, I think it's a solid three, five, two, um, in hindsight retrospect, uh, you know, I shouldn't have picked Dest when I picked Dest. I probably should have, I, sh- I should have picked Frankie Hayduke, um, as, as an option at right wing back. Um, but I love the fact that I got Clint Mathis. You can shift it, um, from, from a three, five, two to a four, four, two, or, or some variation of, of, of even a four, two, three, one, um, <clears throat> with Mathis, um, pretty easily. And people forget his peak was incredible. Uh, 2002 world cup. He had an incredible run. Bayern Munich wanted him. Um, MLS kind of said no to the deal and then he got hurt and things kind of spiraled, but he was a excellent attacking player and yeah so i feel i feel great about my team um you know i i got kyle beckerman too hero of the 2014 world cup the quick the quick critiques of of sam teams sam's team in my opinion is he's he's a three five two kind of wing back centric formation ideally you keep saying that it's not wing back centric it is that's not true you need you need good wing backs in a three five two you do paul you do you do Paul, do you remember 2017 Toronto FC at the time, the greatest team in MLS history? Are we talk? Are we bringing up Major League Soccer right now? Are you? Do you remember them? I'm just making a point. The team that outspent everyone in Major League Soccer by 20 I'm million just dollars. A, just do you remember them? Answer the question. Shocking that they had the best player on the field <laughs> and they were better. Can a, you answer the question? I just told you I remember them. They spent okay, 20 re- million dollars more than everyone do else. Do you remember? And they had the do you remember what player. formation that they played for most of the season? Yes. That, no, that's not a true. Three, they didn't play three. most of the season. They switched to it in the playoffs. No, they played a three-five-two most of the season. They switched out of it in the playoffs, and they went into a diamond and did some other things. But they played a three-five-two for most of that season. And um, would you say that Stephen Betasher and Justin Morrow were the were the were the high let points me, of me, that team? We're talking the, again the, the, about major league like, soccer. What, you're not. The, 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 no, we're the talking idea about a of, formation. Of having defensive talent in major league soccer, players that can play defense and attacking. You're, you're mix players. You, no, it's ridiculous. You, you, made, it's a, it's a you ridiculous made a point. Comparison. You made a I'm point. I'm not even that giving a three-five. That a three-five-two, the the centerpieces of that formation are the wingbacks. That's not true. In, they're in high-level soccer, important players for sure. But no, the centerpieces are still in the middle. Whatever. I hate your wing. They're backs. definitely your weakest spot, though. I think that that's pretty true. I don't disagree with that, but like, 
I'm okay with that being my weakest spot is what I'm saying. All right, Paul, let's keep it moving. Let's let Sam, we can come back to. <laughs> There's Freddy nothing wrong with Sam's Gold team, Cup. according to Sam. Even the Freddie Adu pick was genius. Okay. 2011 Gold know, the, Cup. The Incredible. lack of introspection <laughs> after you gave Paul so much crap at the jump for not owning I said I shouldn't have picked Dest that rich. high, and then I should have drafted Frankie Hayduk. What do you want from me? There you go. All right. That from Coming from Sam, that's like a pretty large mea culpa, so I will accept it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Um, Matt's team, Tim Howard in goal, DeMarcus Beasley at left back, Jay Demerit and John Brooks at center back. Uh, Matt, you should have switched those around. John Brooks is left-footed. Um, Steve Trendolo at right back, Pablo Mastroeni at the six, Christian Pulisic, Stu Holden, Jermaine Jones, and Kobe Jones across the midfield, and Brian McBride on top. I know. I mean, you, Sorry, can, you can quibble with the order of how it all came together, but I don't know, man. That's that's a pretty tough team to beat. With Nagby, Charlie Davies, and Yedlin coming off the bench. I don't understand how you think that's a tough team to beat, but I, I, I think people think <laughs> I have the worst roster, so I don't know. I don't know. Oh, man. I'm like... I, I adjusted really on the weird. fly to... I did the, like least appealing route of doing this and deciding early on to just build a bunker and counter team and I kind of like the way it came together. I got really good wingbacks, Beasley and Chirundolo, outside backs, maybe the two best at their respective positions, probably the two best. I got Felicic running up the wing, got Holden in there picking out players. I got speedsters coming off the bench in Davies and Yedlin. It's a lot there, man. Lot there, I like it. You got Jermaine Jones as your number ten. Don't sell yourself short, man. (laughs) Hey, man, he can create every once in a while. I'm I'm just, I just gotta hope that I get Jermaine on a good Jermaine day. I think it's probably the X factor of my team. I think that's a fair thing to say. I think um, people people were liking Matt's team. Um, Certain people we work with, certain people we talk to. And I think really what that was about was him playing into the romanticism of a of a U.S. national team that's going to fight and scrap and might not be the most talented. And people somehow like looked at that team and they they felt an affinity for it. I the think ethos, for those reasons. bring yeah. it back, man. Yeah. Let's so, go back to our roots. He know, had some big I mean, name players on the team. I think that's the problem with this exercise is we don't people don't really look at these rosters and think what would they look like if they played together, right? They look at the names on the roster and you see McBride. Christian Paul, Pulisic, I, I feel like I feel Durandolo. like you keep saying that is like an excuse, but I think <laughs> yeah, no, I think people factor it in. It, it, of course, it should be factored in. That's the whole no, point I think of this exercise. People do factor it in. People do factor it in. You're not giving them enough credit. Uh, I don't know. How do you look at this team and you're like, man, they're they're going to win games? Uh, I think I just told you they're just falling in love with the romance of it. That's it. Grit, grit and yeah. grind, man. Bring it back. Bring back yeah. the ethos. I like. I like it. I mean, I think my literally three dirty. members of the 2016 Colorado Rapids are on this team. <laughs> Jermaine, I mean, Pablo, Tim Howard. Pablo doesn't really count as the coach. He's the coach, but I guess, he was I the guess coach of the team. How, what do you mean? He definitely counts. But that is like hilarious, though. That that's how. That's my spine. Like literally, that's the spine of my team. All it 2016 rap. I think I think I've made Paul so mad that he's just he's just retreated into a hole and he's being quiet. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just knowing that the the when they go to edit this show, they're going to be so angry at how often we're talking on top of each other that at some point I need to step back and allow it to be just two voices talking over each other at one time. <laughs> And Paul also um, realizes right. Do you want to continue that, with yours. Yeah, the, the Paul, the more he the more he criticizes my team, the worse it makes his own team look because pre, pretty much resoundly people picked my team over his. So there's only so much you can do to refute that. No, I, I'm sorry if this didn't come through either at the beginning of this show or about to come through now or in the conversations during and after the draft. But I hate my team more than any other team. <laughs> I don't know if that's not clear. That doesn't mean that I don't think my team would beat yours, but I, I absolutely hate it. Um, I hate how it came together. I hate how it compares to the team that I had built the night before when I had a plan and thought through things. I hate that I collapsed with, uh, not even with the Dempsey pick, that I collapsed with the next round of picks that could have salvaged my team into something um, that people that I would have liked. But no, instead, this is the team I end up with. It is Casey Keller in goal, 
Carlos Bocanegra, Omar Gonzalez, and Eddie Pope on the back line. So far, so good. But wait, it gets worse. Eddie Lewis and Fabian Johnson as the wingbacks. Michael Bradley and Tyler Adams in defensive midfield. Sasha Kleshin at the 10 with Eddie Johnson and Clint Dempsey up top. Josh Wolf, Weston McKenney, and Graham Zussi coming off the bench. Can I defend your team? I like my team you're, you're, you're really in the hating sense on of it. like one and I don't game. think it's that bad. It's it's not what I thought it was going to be. I'm comparing it to a team that was going to be built around Landon Donovan, Brian McBride, and John O'Brien. And it ended up so far away from that that team. Now, I think there are some aspects of the team that are good, but I I, I could have done better. That's all I'm you're saying. You're going to have some issues going forward, but you're really defensively sound. You have some guys that can keep the ball and, and set the tempo and you know break things up. And you know, and you got Clint Dempsey. You're just going to rely on a lot of Dempsey magic. And if he has it on the day, then you're going to be a pretty good team. If he doesn't, then you're going to struggle. But you know, you should keep the keep a good amount of zeros. So well, I think you got that going for you. I think there are um, three players on this team. Actually, four players on this team who are. I don't want to say underrated, but are disliked, maybe stronger than they should be, or not given enough credit. And that's Bradley, Adams, Fabian Johnson, and Omar Gonzalez, all of whom are in my starting lineup, right? So, you know, those four players, if you like those four players, if you look at their career and you think those are top players, especially Bradley, then I think you think of my team differently. Like, I don't think there's any, like, I would take my midfield of Bradley, Question, central midfield of Bradley, Question, Adams over Holden, Jermaine Jones, and Mastroeni every single day. But a lot of people don't, right? Like, a lot of people don't like Michael Bradley. You know, everyone feels Tyler Adams is unproven, and Sasha never made a World Cup roster. Um, I, I, you know, I still rate those three over Holden, Jones, and Mastroeni. So, that that to me is where the the team kind of lives and dies, and I think obviously Eddie Johnson and Sasha Kleshin as two of your top three attacking attacking options is is the biggest problem with the with the roster. But I like Sasha, by the way. I think he's underrated. I think you're probably right, but you know, international caliber number ten. I don't know. I also just think that we should make clear how boring a game between Paul's team and my team would be. Like, watching those two teams match up and go head-to-head, I don't think that we would have the most exciting end-to-end soccer match. I think the I mean, opposite. I mean, I feel like my team is like... You have two wingbacks that are built on... that are assist machines for their national team history. Both of them rank in the top five in assists in national team history. Eddie Johnson is not boring. He's a lot of things. He's definitely not boring. And the same with Clint Dempsey. Like, I... I have no. I actually think I can generate goals, more goals than people realize. It's just, yeah, it might not be the prettiest goals, but I actually think that there are a lot of ways to score goals with my team. Um, I just think Sam's team would play much prettier soccer, much more kind of the soccer I enjoy watching, and and you know has the better soccer players. I think that's like no doubt about that. Um, and yeah, your team would just be like you need one goal basically. I think. I think that the That's strongest, That's not the strongest that case to be made, they, they the would need to win one made, nothing. I think, is what I meant to say. Yeah, I think the strongest case against Sam's team is that he's attempting to fly too close to the sun, and we see what happens when the U.S. men's national team does that. He went away from our ethos. He's trying to play pretty soccer, and we saw how that backfired in the past. The only way to win is to pack it in and play dirty. So in that aspect, I, I kind of like my team's chances better. Sam, that's Sam's, not what, that, that's Sam's not what got happened two in 2002. He's got two of the three pieces from the 2002 central midfield in a 3-5-2. The only one he's missing is Mastroeni, and he replaced him with the guy who would have been at the World Cup if he hadn't gotten hurt instead of Mastroeni. So he basically built the 2002 central midfield, and he has a right wing back from that World Cup too. Um Tony Santa was the right, and right back. And Friedel. I have six guys from that team, don't I? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you do. So he basically went, like, I'm going to take the team that went the deepest in the World Cup, and I'm going to recreate it, and I'm going to add a couple guys to it. And, you know, that is a World Cup, by the way, where we, we talk about Landon Donovan playing on the wing. In the in the quarterfinal game against Germany, it was a 3-5-2 with Landon paired with Brian McBride up top. And, you know, actually, Brian McBride's work rate was incredible for someone that we think of as a center forward. He he was – if you go watch that game back, 
he was very good defensively and, and how he pressured and, and how he ran and very impressive the way he moved as a big guy. But he was paired with Landon Donovan up top in a three five two and and it worked very well. Um so I, I don't think it I don't think it needs to get to a gritty type of soccer if you have guys like John O'Brien and Claudio Reyna. Yeah. In all your my midfield. Guys, all my guys are willing to do the work. You know, they play both ways. Totally fine. We're good to go. And then I can bring Freddie off the bench for fun. It's perfect. <laughs> so, oh man, we're forty-five minutes into this, and I think we're we're, we're going to go very quickly and briefly over the last part of it because we want to give you guys a reason to not just listen to this episode, but to go read the story. And that is, we looked for people to judge the these teams, um, and there were you know some some names that we threw it at that that weren't. Uh, weren't about the ridiculousness of this uh, of this process, which I totally understand. So we went and got somebody who we thought would in- embrace the, the ridiculousness, and that is Bruce Arena, which is a pretty darn good get. Um, and so what I'm going to ask— He did coach a lot of the guys that were picked. He, he did coach a lot of the guys that were picked, but I, I thought, um, Sam, you could kind of briefly go over the part of the conversation that we left out of the story, but maybe leave his judgments off the table completely— yeah, yeah. Um, so that we give people a reason to this. read. Yeah, you got to subscribe for his for his rankings. Um, but yeah, so you talk about leaning into ridiculousness and, and embracing it. The, I think the first thing that Bruce said to me was, "This is pretty stupid." Um, and, <laughs> it, and at that point, I was just like, "I'm always a little flustered when I have a conversation with Bruce Arena. I, I don't know why." Um, for some reason, he's he's got this big dominating presence, and normally I have a pretty big dominating presence, but when I'm with him, I don't, and and so I'm already kind of a little bit on pins and needles, and and I'm like, all right, Bruce, well we can dive in if you want, and I'll just read you the exact quote. I think it's pretty stupid to be honest with you. What are you trying to accomplish? And then we go into this this huge back and forth, and basically, long story short, the message did not get to him. Um, either whether that was my fault or uh, someone else's fault, who knows? The message did not get to him that this was a draft, and he thought it was just like a best 11 type of situation. And so we talked for about 10 minutes with neither of us really fully understanding the other. Um, and it ended with with me with him giving me his best 11, which was interesting in itself, and me being like, yeah, Bruce, that would be a good team. Like, and he's like, well, then why did no one pick anything that looked like it? I was like, because we, because we couldn't. Once a player got taken, that player was off the board. And he's like, oh, this is a draft? I'm like, yes, this is a draft. This was like the whole conceit. Like, what are you talking about? So so that's kind of where we started. And and then he, he eventually gave his takes on, on the team, um, which I thought were pretty interesting. But, um, you know, I'll share this portion with uh with the listeners and you know for his rankings you're gonna have to go subscribe and and read the article but i wanted to give you guys his his 11 um that that he would have picked you know if he could just have the first 11 picks um so he would have had and i want to hear what you guys think about it he would have had friedel and goal he would have had uh eddie pope and jeff cameron jeff cameron who him and him and bruce have i think it's fair to say they're not best friends no that Um, was shocking to me but keep going (laughs) Uh, he would have Sané as the right back, Beasley as the left back. Um, this one was weird too. I thought um, Reina is Reina is a number six, um, which I'm not so sure about that. Um, and then O'Brien and Matt, you'll like this, Jermaine Jones in in front of Reina, and then his front his front three were were Donovan, McBride, and Dempsey. So I think of that eleven, I think six of those guys are on my team. Um, so good work, guys. Way to go. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting list. I, I was a little bit surprised with Friedel over Howard, to be honest with you. Um, that, that stood out immediately. I mean, it's certainly justifiable. It just People forget how bit. good Brad Friedel was. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, yeah the, he, the Jeff Cameron he thing was... internationally after 2002. Yeah, the Jeff Cameron thing was stunning, though, given how that flamed out pretty spectacularly leading up to the 2018 World Cup. So he must think very highly of him as a player. I'm or, to still include him after that. Or or he was trolling all of us, which I'm not going to rule out as a possibility. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's possible. I'm so glad that we got Bruce for this, by the way. Um, I don't know if this is going to get into the story, but Paul had first reached out to um, Bob Bradley 
um, who would have been another good option, but Bob was like, you have to get Bruce. He would be great at this, and I'm glad that we did because he was very funny. He certainly was. Zero doubt about that. Um, yeah. Bob Bradley, good good coach, um, maybe better editorial instincts. So, you know, if the whole LAFC thing doesn't work out, Bob, maybe you can come be our boss at The Athletic. I appreciate Just Bob. Kidding. Bob spent some time on the phone with me uh, working through some other story ideas I had, too. So I'm actually thankful to uh, to Bob for letting me pick his brain about some history uh-huh. of American soccer, which uh, it's pretty crazy. Um, that's, the connection Paul, that's that really cool, by the way. Congratulations on that conversation. I'm just not trying to throw Bob under the bus for not doing this story because I thought it was, he gave me a, a good amount <laughs> no, of time. No, to be fair, he said he was willing to do it, but that he said we should go to Bruce first. And I think he made the right, right call there. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, this was fun. Um, anyone have anything else they need they need to get off their chest? Any other pot shots you want to take at Freddie Adu before we get out of here? I mean, it was the worst pick in the draft. You might have had the best I mean, team, but you had by far the worst pick in the draft. It's the most fun pick in the draft. Yeah, and I sort of agree with Sam, though, that it, it almost works best because it's like an insulting human victory cigar in a yeah, way that's for, really exactly he, he can He can spin it as that now, but... That is not how he made that. That's pick. how I. That's how I. That's how I introduced it. No. In, in our draft. No. What do you mean now? Look at all this. You're trying to give make me a revisionist. No, you're the revisionist, Paul. I swear. And I feel like half of what Sam does is based off trying to taunt someone else. So it makes sense for me. And I that feel like category. Matt really knows me. I feel like you get <laughs> me, Matt. <laughs> this has basically just been a long audition to come on the show more often. Paul, I'm sorry, you're fired. Said. Matt, welcome to the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyway, this was fun. Guys, thanks thanks for doing it. Um, I hope everyone had as much fun listening to it as we had recording it. Um, but until, until next time, this has been Allocation Disorder. For Matt and Paul, I am Sam, signing off. 